Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 535. I'll buy the cake, you eat it. Or the cepolini. Uh, we've got some uh, we got some stuff about cake. By the way, let me talk about cake just for a minute. Wait, wait, wait. No, we got to show it. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is oh, the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurr. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? <laughs> I am doing well. Um, it is nice and warm today. Where you are. Yes. <laughs> Imagine it is. Today is here. It's 12. So not so much. Uh, here it's uh, 43. Oh, 48. Yeah. If you uh, include the wind chill, it is a brisk zero degrees outside excellent yeah excellent. and it's gonna rain and then it's gonna freeze so we're looking at uh we're looking at pothole creation season ah good old pothole creation season yeah which leads us to the two major seasons here in michigan summer i'm sorry winter and road construction mm-hmm yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was told when I moved here, there are two seasons. There is snow and getting ready for snow. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I'm a, I am a little confused. How's that? They say that nothing rhymes with orange. Okay. It doesn't. Nothing it's does true. not You're rhyme exactly with right. orange. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a I have a story for you. A policeman's driving along on his motorcycle, coming the other way is a convertible. In the passenger okay. seat is a bear. Cop turns around, pulls him over, says, How come you got a bear in your front seat? Driver says, Ooh. He was hitchhiking and I'm giving a lift. Cop says, you ought to take him to the zoo. Let's him go. Next day, guess what? Same policeman riding motorcycle, come the other way, convertible with a bear in the passenger seat, this time wearing sunglasses, pulls around, turns him over, says, pulls him over and says, I thought you, I, I thought I told you to take the bear to the zoo. Man says, I did. Today we're going to the beach. Ah. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hey, not many people realize no. that, uh, did you see Castaway? I did. Okay. Not many people realize that Wilson in Castaway, yeah. same actor as um, from the volleyball scene in Top Gun. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really bounces around from movie to movie. He, yeah, and he and it really spiked that role. Yeah, I yeah. mean, right over the net. He yeah. was a little deflated about it, though. I think the one in Castaway kind of took the air right out of him. Yes, I haven't seen a movie since. Yes. So, um, I have a friend who writes songs for sewing machines. Really? Yeah, he's a singer songwriter. So he is, I see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or at least so it seems. Ah. Ooh. So quick question here. If a drummer comes out of retirement, okay. are there, wait for it, repercussions? Okay. Uh, I have two unwritten rules. You do? You can find them. On middleschoolmatters.com. Um, I once uh, I once was attacked by Dennis DeYoung and Mick Jagger until David Crosby came to my rescue. Okay. Um, yeah. um, what's the connection? Well, this just proves that sticks and stones may break my bones, yeah. but birds would never hurt me. 
I just like to get to use Dennis DeYoung in a, in a joke. So, you know. Uh, and finally, here's a thought question for you. Because I know you are a deep thinker. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's not true, folks. <laughs> how much deeper... But okay, all right. How much deeper would the, would the ocean be without sponges? Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm going to sit down and soak that one up and really, really filter... <laughs> filter through that answer process. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, if, uh, so I, I found, I found your t-shirt. You did. I was, I was digging around uh, yesterday. No. Yeah. Yesterday I was digging around yesterday and I found your t-shirt. There's a company that makes shirts for a variety of things called warrior 12 XII. And they have a t-shirt and I'm not joking. I know it's about jokes, but I'm not joking. It's called the dad joke t-shirt and it says i have gone zero days without making a dad joke my previous record was zero days <laughs> i saw snag a picture of it and share it with you, oh, and, and, you. And, and our folks here in the show notes but uh yeah yeah there you go folks for those of you who likes jokes just a little too much this is for you <clears throat> Okay, you know, uh, I think Dave Podolsky likes dad jokes too, but Dave also likes books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this week, he has a um, his eight books. Eight books. Eight. Not one, not okay. two, but eight books specifically for middle school students. And you want to okay. guess what? You want to guess what they're all focused on? Uh, I'm going to guess they're focused on social studies. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Math. Um, English? That's right. These are all science books. <laughs> um, and he does such a fantastic job with this. So, without further ado, here's the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12Science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the January-February 2022 issue of Science Scope, a middle school publication from the National Science Teaching Association. And I read the article, Outstanding Science Tradebooks for Students. And in this article, they featured science tradebooks most appropriate for students K2, 3, 5, and in grade 6 through 8. And in this list, it was built upon a 49-year collaborative history of the National Book Council and the National Science Teaching Association. And it's a wonderful way to enhance our own spirit of inquiry as all of us and children in our lives investigate science through the year's best trade books. And the trade books were all published in 2021. For middle school, they highlighted eight books. The first book is entitled Beavers, Radical Rodents, and Ecosystem Engineers, written by Francis Backhouse. Radical Rodents, Pests or Ecological Heroes, this mix of biology, history, and ecology presents a fresh perspective on this furry, familiar organism. The second book for middle school students is entitled Inside In, X-Rays of Nature's Hidden World, written by Jan Paul Schutten. This stunning collection of x-ray photographs of organisms and their natural habitats is paired with informative descriptions of the organism's structural and behavioral adaptations. Each page encourages the curious reader to closely examine the photographs to uncover an otherwise hidden side of nature. The third book is entitled Tracking Tortoises, The Mission to Save a Galapagos Giant, written by Kate Mesner. Follow field biologists, veterinarians, and volunteers who work to keep the Galapagos tortoise populations from extinction. It has a Galapagos tortoise timeline included 
in the book. The fourth book is entitled Ocean Planet, Animals of the Sea and Shore, and it's written by Ben Rothery. Learn about many living things that are found in the diverse ecosystems in and on the shores of our mighty oceans. The beautiful illustrations interspersed with facts help the reader understand how the oceans shape our life on Earth and the impact we humans have on our ecosystems. The fifth book is entitled Saving Soria, Chang and the Sun Bear, written by Trang Yun. Inspiring and beautifully illustrated graphic novel about a young Vietnamese girl's journey to become a wildlife conservationist through the rescue and rehabilitation of a sun bear. Based on true events from the author's life, this empowering story emphasizes the importance of protecting the lives and habitats of all wild animals. The sixth book highlighted for middle school students is entitled Fungerium, Welcome to the Museum, and it's written by Gaia Esther, a true museum of a book representing many of the beautiful, mysterious, and funky fungi in the world. The illustrations show the delicate and intricate structures of these amazing organisms. Learn about the biology, the diversity, and their interactions as you explore the fungi galleries. The seventh book for students in grades 6 through 8 is entitled Fred and Marjorie, A Doctor, a Dog, and the Discovery of Insulin, written by Deborah Kerbel. In a heartwarming manner, with age-appropriate images and text, this graphic novel describes the emotional difficulties of using animals in medical research. The graphic novel shares the story of Fred Banting's work with stray dogs in Toronto, Canada, as he learns about insulin and the treatment of type 1 diabetes. In the eighth book that's highlighted for middle school students of grades 6 through 8 is entitled Wonder Women of Science, written by Tiara Fletcher and Ginger Rue. Explore the amazing range of women who are tackling our modern day challenges. Find out more about their many careers from veterinarian to computer scientist to microbiologist and learn about their personal journeys to see how you can follow in their path. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. Well, it was a week last week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed it was. So... um Let's start with, there was, a, in the news, there was several states that have lifted their statewide requirement for right. masks in schools, right? Massachusetts, I think was huh? it? Ma Massachusetts, I gotcha, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Them, they lifted theirs, and I think there was they they joined four other states. I think it was. So Delaware's um, one, I think. I just wondered where you guys were with that at this point. If you've heard any, if anything has changed, or if you've heard that anything is going to change, kind of thing. Well, te technically, we hadn't had a, a state mandate because the governor refused to do a state mandate. She left it up to individual county health departments. Right, and so we're waiting for the 82 counties across the state of Michigan to kind of do it on their own thing. Wayne County, which I believe is one of the last ones to still have a mandate, said that they're going to lift their mandate on, at the end of February. And so that doesn't mean that we won't have a mask mandate. It'll just be now a district level decision whether or not to mask up or not. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see how that works. But Wayne County Health Department has decided that they are going to stop the mandate at the end of February, and whatever mandates there are will have to be up to the districts themselves uh, to do that sort of thing. Yeah, and Michigan and Maine share the um, belief, the history, the culture of local control, and mm -hmm. local control being very, very important as well. So not not... Not super surprising that 
Um, and then politically, it's just easier if somebody else just makes controversial oh, yeah. decisions, right? <laughs> That's right. It is an election year here in Michigan, folks. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Let's uh, see how much controversy we can avoid. Um, we still have a mass mandate in our school, and there's, you know, um, we're, we're, we've taken a very measured approach and tried not to overreact to anything and, you know, either one way or another. And I think a lot of schools have tried to do that is, you know, um, get the actual data, find out what's going on, do the best you can to keep kids in school. So, so yeah. Um, there was also, I'm, I am going to share this. This one was, um, there was a, one of the principals had a birthday. Actually, his birthday Aww. is today. Was, oh, Yay. happy birthday, Jason. Um, and so, um, somebody being creative, um, printed out lots of, uh, pictures of the principal with happy birthday. <laughs> And posted mm -hmm. them all around the school, which was really fun. And, of course, he walked in and walked right by them and didn't see them. Oh, no. Because <laughs> it's one of those things, right? You know, you're just, yeah. you know, you're focused. You're thinking about this, this, and then this, and just walked right by them. Um, but it really, so it was a lot of fun. And it really, you know, kind of... Um, for me, reminded me of how important celebrations are and how much how important those interactions are, and um, so that was there was something that was kind of fun and trying to figure out how it is we can do some of that celebration and you know make sure that people are still safe. And I think we're getting closer and closer to being able to have some of those celebrations and things. So, all right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna share this with you then. All right, since you brought this up. I brought it up. My so fault. You, you did. This is all your fault now. Everything I say from this point forward, Troy's fault. That's <laughs> official. Um, so do you remember last week we talked about Cepelini? Last week we talked about what? Cepelini. We talked about Cepelini. We did. We talked about Cepelini. Yeah. Um, because it, it comes up every... Every time about this time of the year for you. Yeah. And by the way, Cepelini Day is coming up next week. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a Cepelini Day. I jumped the gun by a week, folks. But next week is Cepelini Week. Or a day. It happens during that. Some, someday next week. All right. So there is, on my team, we're, I am going to connect this to celebrations. I promise you. Okay. So on my team, what we do is we, we, we celebrate stuff with cake. It's we're, we're we, we do cake. Right. And I go, I go get the cakes, and they eat the cakes, and that's the relationship that we have <laughs> on my team. I like that kind of relationship. If I'm not, you. it's a good. <laughs> that's right. It's a, I'll buy the cake, you eat it. Is that is it good? Are we good with that? Yeah, and they're good with that relationship. So um, I went and 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 found a website, Linos. It's a restaurant that sells cepellini. They will take a. They'll, they'll freeze a Cepelini in a vacuum-packed pouch. Okay. And then they will send it to you for money. But they will send it to you in a in a nice little freezer box, right, with these cute little freezer pods. And, and then you can put them in your freezer, and then when you are ready, you can pull them out. And by the way, if you nuke them for three minutes, it's it's, it's a good thing. And you slather a little butter on the top, and then when you they're nice and hot, you, you you take a little little scoop of sour cream, plop it on a plate, put this on top of the sour cream. You got the butter, you got the chives, you got the knife, you got the fork. Oh, it's just it's good. It's so delicious. But in addition to the cepellini, I bought what I'm calling a seventh grade cake. <laughs> okay. Okay, seventh is, grade cake. What is a seventh grade cake? Seventh grade cake. It's like a light chocolate brownie. Okay, that's what it ends up being like. I took it into school, and the kids asked me. I said, "They said, what is that?" I said, "It's called seventh grade cake." And they said, "The, the word doesn't translate literally to seventh grade cake." I said, "But that's what it 
That's what it means. They said, well, what's the word? And I said, it's, it's a Lithuanian kick. It's Lithuanian word. It's Lithuanian. I said, stop saying Lithuanian. Tell us what the word is. And I said, it's called Tinganis. And I said, okay, now that's a fun word, Tinganis. We could say that all day long. I said, yeah, go ahead, do that. Run around and say Tinganis every chance you get. Right? So I had them go and tell the rest of the team that I had seventh grade cake, also known as Tinganis. And it really is. It's really called Tinganis. But in Lithuanian, Tinganese means lazy. <laughs> so here they were, running around going, lazy, lazy, lazy. <laughs> I just had, you know, had some entertainment. Some so we had, we had Tinganese kick, and it wasn't necessarily a celebration of, like, anything, but we need reasons to, to, to come together and talk, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go to, uh, individually, we're, we're very, uh, we're, uh, higher achievers on my team, a bunch of higher achievers. And so uh, if you come to somebody on a team and go, we really should get together as a team, they're going to look at you and go, yeah, but I've got so many things I need to do. Yeah, I know that, but we need to come together as a team, but I have so many things I need to do. It's a lot easier to come together and celebrate little things throughout the year by saying, there's a cake. There's a cake. And you should come and eat a little bit. Come, come in and, and just have some, have some cake. And then while they're there, you rope them into talking about some team things and celebrating some team achievements and some exciting things that have happened and what, you know, what's going on in, in the classroom. So there you go, folks. Seventh grade cake. You know, I'll tell you what, if I find the link again, I'll share it in the show notes. It's actually pretty good. It's, um, it's like a brownie, but it's not as dense as a brownie. Okay. And it's got hazelnuts in it. Um, it's got, the reason it, the reason it's called lazy uh, lazy cake is uh, because it really doesn't take a lot to cook it. It's cocoa butter, um, um, uh, cookies that are mixed in, broken up, and mixed in, hazelnuts and raisins. Okay, and it's really good. And it's not super sweet. It's 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 a lighter flavor, and it comes in a one pound cake thing. You can get it as a box. You can also get it as a cookie. So. This rat hole brought to you by (laughs) celebrating the reestablishment of independence on February 16th. Yeah, I thought thought the lazy cake part was that there wasn't much you had to do. (laughs) Then it it comes in a box. Well, yeah, almost all cakes are lazy and come in a box and you throw it together. I open the box, (laughs) I eat the cake, I don't have to do much. Yes, uh, so you know this Lithuanian food really announcement is? brought to you by Keltona Shalavrodana. You know what lazy cake really is? Stopping by the grocery store. On the way, on the way. <laughs> hey, is that a Sanders bumpy cake I can get for five dollars? Thank you. Oh, bumpy cake. Yeah. I'm oh, sure yeah. people don't. There may be people that don't know about bumpy cake, but it's so, a Saunders, Saunders bumpy cake. Yeah. All right. Um, so you had some parent conferences this week as well. I did. And I wondered how parent conferences went for you this week. Were they virtual? Were they in, were they in person? Um, let's start with that. They were virtually in person. <laughs> they were virtually in person. So they were indeed. So we did the candlely thing where you uh, use the candlely online app thing, and uh, you create an event, and then you publish the link, and then there's a number of choices where they can sign up. Parents can sign up for time slots, and it's actually very very functional. I like it a lot, except for a couple things, which I'll I'll hit at here in just a minute. Um, and it's nice because then it also populates Google Meets for you. So okay. you don't have to go and generate Google Meet codes for each individual meet. And then it'll put it right in your calendar. And so when you're doing your virtual meetings, you have your Google calendar sitting on the side. And you can just walk down the calendar and click the meets and jump from meet to meet to meet to meet. And so it makes organizing and getting from one to the next um, a lot more functional. Okay. Okay. There is a caveat. Small little caveat. And that is if your principal, not principal, superintendent, cancels school 
on the day of conferences mm-hmm. for the rest of the week. So you have to reschedule all your conferences. You have to manually go in and change the, the date and it'll, it'll do it. It'll bump it up to the next date, but it leaves the old stuff in the old date. So if you're in a hurry, you might enter the wrong Google meet wow. yeah. and wait for a parent who never shows. Yeah. Cause it's you. It's, it's you're the one I did that once. And, um, so I said, I called and I, I said, I'm sorry, this is what happened. Let's set up a time where we could do it on Friday. And I didn't get a call back. That's all. Okay. But I, I like it. It's nice. It also limits it to 10 minutes. I say limit, it's supposed to limit to 10 minutes. One of my uh, parents is one of my former students. <laughs> and uh, which is not unusual that, I mean, it happens a lot. Um, so she signed up for the last slot of the night, 7.50 p.m. Mm-hmm. 8.30 is when we finally got off because, you know, I got to catch up. You know, it's been 20 right. years. We got to catch up. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I got caught up in a lot of the students that I had from however long ago. And apparently we had talked about this in, in a number of shows back, but we talked about like, you know, teachers need to remember and realize that they get cussed and discussed at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Apparently it still happens 20 years after you have the students. <laughs> Cause the, the, the mom said, Oh, and I still get together with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And we'll talk about you guys all the time. time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a legacy for you. Getting cussed discussed around the, uh, the dinner table, the party table, the let's get together and whatever table. Yeah. Okay. Good times were had by all. Yeah. Well, speaking of good times, I had a good time with spreadsheets this week. You did? I did. Okay, so for so, those of us who are spreadsheet challenged like me, how did you make spreadsheets a good time? Well, so first of all, it it is a one of those things that's like um, it's it's a puzzle, right? It's a challenge. It's like yes, this, I would agree. Sport. For me, <laughs> it's a challenge. And so what? What what was needed was like a student data sheet, right, with the okay. student name and then various assessments that the student had taken, so that you know the the team can look at the look at a kid a little more holistically, see everything in one spot. Nothing new about this. I mean, you know, this is something's pretty common. Um, however, the um, way the information is frequently gathered is very manual and time-consuming, right? Having teachers punch in information, oh, yeah. and sometimes the same information in two or three places. And I was like, I think I can help. Now, first of all, I have I have lots of feelings about spreadsheets because... I don't think people really, I don't think we've done a good job of teaching people what spreadsheets can do, um, what spreadsheets do do, and how to use them uh, at all. And that part's kind of interesting for me because, you know, we're we're moving more and more to data-driven, but if you're data-driven, you need to understand data and how to manipulate data. It's a beneficial thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, um, I was uh, like, I think we can do this so that you know people might have to enter it once or not at all. If we can get a uh, you know a spreadsheet, a CSV file of uh, which is a, com- uh, a comma separated values, which ends mm-hmm. up is very functional for spreadsheets. They, that's the language that they, they speak. Um, and one of the pieces of information they was needed was NWA information. So I took the NWA information and I downloaded it. So I had a, a nice little CSV file of all of the, that. 
and I went into our um, our SIS and I downloaded a sheet that had all of the student names and grades and um, teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the NWA does not give you student names with their results. They give yes. you a number. And specifically, they give you a very specific number, and it's not the student number. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Oh. Yeah, it's the statewide student number, which makes sense because you don't want to duplicate those, right? You need those to be unique. That's one mm-hmm. of the things with spreadsheets, and especially for doing data, uh, is you need unique identifiers that that can't be duplicated. So, you know, the, the statewide one works because you say it's coming from this pool and the, the, the state will only give out one number ever, right? Um, as you know, working with just student names can sometimes not result in a unique result. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's also important that you don't reuse student numbers for that reason. You know, student numbers should be unique. It is, by the way, one reason why, um, emails tend to work so well, as long as you don't recycle emails. Because a long time ago, when emails were a scarce resource, you can then people would recycle email, you know, that's gone away. People don't recycle email. God, I hope people don't recycle emails anymore. Um, so sometimes you can use the email as a qualifier. Anyway, um, so I had to make sure I got the state ID out of the SIS, which took a little bit of extra work. So now I can match them up, right? Because computers are good at matching, and I can say match this up. Pull this from there. Cool. Um, I always hear my little computer. It's, mine's older, and it, it's a it's a kid based computer, and and so mine, whenever it's trying to match things up, it plays the little song. Which one of these is not like the other, <laughs> the other one? Which yeah. one of these doesn't belong? So, um, so I have a I have a sheet, um, and it's got student names on it on rows. And the columns are titled with, you know, first name, last name, student number, teacher, grade. And then we get to the assessments, and I did fall assessments, and I chatted with them, and they wanted a couple of different fields out of NWA. They wanted um, test percentile and um, assessment quartile, right? Okay. Cool. And so I did a column for reading and a column for language arts and a column for um, math because those are the three NWA tests that are possible. Um, And then one of the most powerful things you can do with spreadsheets is called VLOOKUP. It's a VLOOKUP command, and basically it stands for vertical lookup. And it takes the thing in the first column and it does and it compares something with the the first column. So I put state IDs in the first column for both of them. Um, and what it does is it says, well, if, if this matches, bring this other information over. So if the student number is this, go ahead and bring me this fee, this cell, right? Okay. Which was cool. Uh, I like VLOOKUPs. Makes your job, makes life a lot easier. Except (laughs) the NWA has three results per child. So they have three, the student number three times. So it's going to give me the first number, whether I want it or not. That's not what I want necessarily. So I had to take the intermediary step of taking that first NWA um, um, spreadsheet 
and breaking it out into three different tabs. And I just wrote a filter command to say, hey, look, if it's a math test, put it on this one. If it's a language arts test, put it on this one. If it's science, if it's um, reading test, put it on this one. And then I referenced those three sheets and boom, bada boom, bada bang, all set, all good to go. Um, so that is now in place and now we're working on DRA so that the teachers don't have to enter everything in twice and um, I'll have that done very shortly. So that is, um, and then I did the, um, I did the nice thing that I, that, that, that I have appreciated that today's me has appreciated from past me. And that okay. is, I wrote it up. <laughs> uh-huh. I wrote up what I did and what my logic was so that in the future I can redo this because I have discovered that frequently today's me really appreciates when past <laughs> me <laughs> does things like that. <laughs> so now I'm hoping that future me appreciates today's me <laughs> for writing this up and I can now duplicate this if I need to duplicate this. So that was, that was my fun. That was one of, I, and I was one of my little challenges, which is now solved as, as well. You know, what isn't solved completely is the Twitterverse. So let's take a look at the Twitterverse. Is there a solution? Jack, if, if there's the solution, Jack Berkemeyer has the solution. And he posted, as I mentioned in previous posts this year, educators need to find three people. One who makes you laugh, one you can vent with, and one who will help you through teach with uh, help you with teaching ideas. Post a pic of you and your peeps at hashtag ChooseOptimism. So there's your Twitter challenge uh, the next couple of weeks. All right, I ran across this one, and I thought if anybody can appreciate this, Troy can appreciate this. <laughs> All right, so this is this is the 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 Troy section of the. And then it's also for you, because I think uh, at this time of year, especially, we all need a little humor in our our teacher lives. And Jenny Luca, Jenny Luca at Jenny Luca has, I think, uh, hit it <laughs> right on the nose. It, this, this is definitely good humor. So uh, if you're a cat lover, you're going to love the replies to this tweet. And this is a tweet by Brianna per- Parkins. Brianna Parkins is a journalist. This is not what she does full time. What, what I'm about to share with you. Uh, matter of fact, in one of her posts, she says, look, I'm a full-time journalist doing journalistic stuff. I'm professional. And this is the stuff you're interested in. Right. As in, <laughs> not her feature stories, but this. So this is what she posted. What made this morning's trip to the bathroom interesting is that I don't actually own a cat. And there's a picture included. And in the picture in the tub is a cat with Two little ears and eyes and a nose just peeking over the edge like, hello, Hi. what you going to do? Yeah. 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 And then people started replying to her post and sharing stories like, I read once in a Reader's Digest, family cat, uh, went, uh, family cat went out, disappeared for three months, returned. Year later, same thing. Gone three months and back. Mentioned it to neighbors a few doors away. They thought the cat was a stray showing up at their house. They took it to Florida with them each year. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't occur to them that, you know, the other nine months of the year it went somewhere. That's funny. Anyway, uh, a friend of mine uh, that happened uh, with her childhood cat, they uh, they didn't have air conditioning, and he'd always vanish for the summer. One July day, she saw him in her neighbor's window. <laughs> they have air conditioning. Um, my next door neighbor was selling their house, and I had, I had a nosy on the website, and my cat was on their bed in one of their bedrooms. <laughs> and then um, so, uh, someone replying to uh, Parkins Bray. Um, with a picture, there's a cat sitting on a laptop. It reminds me of when we used to see that. I used to see the tail across in front of the camera. Yeah. And I thought this is pretty good, you know. So in the picture, there's a cat sitting on a laptop. And the reply is, 
That's my laptop. That's not my cat. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd, I thought I'd share that. I thought you might get a kick out of it. I did. Uh, Pat Sajak. You know, the famous Pat Sajak? Yes. Um, yes. He posted, uh, this would be at Pat Sajak, not to be morbid, but I just designed my tombstone. It'll read R underscore P. I'd like to buy a vowel. <laughs> I That's like thing. it. Jen Davies, at Jen Davies 1030. I start almost every lesson with, last time we were, dot, dot, dot. Today we're going to, dot, dot, dot. This will lead us to learning, dot, dot, dot. But to write it and post it in the room? Pointless. There's a big discussion this week with a number of folks posting about this. It started with um, um, John Powers um, posting a comment about SWBAT. Anybody remember what this means? And then there were hundreds of people who said, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember what that means. Yeah. And then there was a really good discussion about it. And it led into a discussion of should these things be posted on... Uh, teachers, boards, or somewhere. And um, it reminded me of Grant Wiggins' post about uh, cut it out, you're wasting teacher and instructional time. Uh, Kevin uh, W. Pledger uh, at uh, K.W. Pledger replying to John Powers and Afro Franco, uh, learning directives doesn't have a clear definition or purpose. Even still, empirical evidence shows that they have no effect on student outcomes and then I attached a link to the uh, to the article that he shared with the data supporting that. And uh, I think maybe folks are going to start having a conversation about, um, okay, we've been posting these things for how long and how much have they really improved, um, you know, student learning. And um, so we'll see. We'll see where that goes. There are people making whole livings out of just teaching people to write their objectives on the board. It's a racket. It's, 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 are they writing both their content objective and their language objective? They are. They are. Okay. Just wanted to check on that one. Cause that doubles the effectiveness of writing objectives on the board when you put two on there instead of one. That's what I've been told. And, you know, I'm not going to question. I'm not going to question, folks. Uh, lots of good conversation happening over at hashtag MSChat every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as Troy says, the Twitter never stops. It doesn't. And, you know, it's important to have perseverance. Are you familiar with uh, Perseverance Mission? Uh, perseverance Mission? No. So NASA, yeah, NASA has, uh, NASA's uh, going to Mars. And NASA has the, okay. nar, ma, the Mars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the, um, they have the, the rover. And now you can nominate a student to... Oh. Yeah, this just seems kind of cool. Um, it says, NASA's um, Perseverance mission team is no stranger to challenges, as the team has faced and overcome many hurdles to get the rover to Mars. The team wants to encourage students to persevere, to embrace the idea of not giving up when things get tough, and to overcome seemingly impossible challenges. We want to hear how your students persevered. So, selected students will get a special message sent directly from the um, Perseverance rover on Mars. Oh, wow. That alone, I think, would be really, really cool. Mm -hmm. But wait, there's more. Ooh. They also get to chat with the rover team members from Mission Control at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And they get uh, a printed materials award packed loaded with mission essentials. So, um, there are nomination rules. Um, 
which um, the nominations are for individual students in 6th through 8th grade. Um, if uh, only one nomination per student is allowed per opportunity. Um, if a student is not selected in one opportunity, they can be nominated again for future opportunities. Um, not eligible for nominations are children of NASA <laughs> or previous <laughs> you got <laughs> perseverance awardees. Um, and there's certain windows of opportunities as well. So, um, you know, they, they're not just doing this once or twice. Um, there is one that is the, this is the second opportunity and it is through February. So this February this is going to close okay. February 22nd. Okay. Um, the next one is going to be March, April, the end of March to the end of April. And the fourth one will be opening May 12th and going through June 23rd. So you can take a look at that. And um, um, there's two nominators are required for each entry. At least one nominator must be an educator with firsthand knowledge of the student's academic improvement. The second okay. nominator who validates the submission can be an informal educator or community leader. Um, formal educators can also second the, nom the nomination as well. Um, so you're going to need um, their name, their so you know address, and all that kind of thing. Um, so you will need to make sure that you get the permission and the contact info of the student's parent or legal guardian. Um, you're going to need contact information for the people who are doing the nomination, both of them. Uh, clear and brief description of how the student has shown uh, perseverance and a brief description of how the student has improved their academic performance. So I just think this is cool, and I think that um, getting something like this can really make a difference, and it's one of those things that can frequently make a difference in a kid's life long term. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, really, really check that out um, as well. Um, let, let's see. We have uh, you. You listen to the nightly news. Do you listen to the nightly news? Um, not nearly as much as I used to. Yeah, I don't as much as I used to either. Um, and I am trying to determine if that's partly because of the way we have the house set up now or because streaming has become more of a thing than, um, you know, traditional TV or what. But one of the things that, you know, kids should know what's going on in the world and um, there is NBC does nightly news for kids um, with Lester Holt. Um, and this is something that they cover the, the, the top headlines. It's kind of broken down for kids as well. Um, so if you're looking for like a current events kind of source, this could be really useful for you. All right. You did not get into the Wordle craze, correct? Nope. It's not me. But have you gotten into the world craze? I I don't believe I'm aware of the world craze. <laughs> um but I hear it's global. <laughs> and, it is. Um um yeah, I snuck this in the in the snow the snow notes. Oh boy, the snow notes. I snuck this into the show notes. Um, so I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this yet. No, this but this looks interesting. So but how do, I thought you might? How do I, is this the same as Wordle? It is kind of somewhat similar, except okay. you get the outline of a country or territory okay and you have to guess what the country or territory is 
You get right. six guesses. It's okay. unlabeled. And each time you guess by typing in a name, it will tell you um, how close you are in distance. Um, the general direction and the proximity from your guess. Hmm. So kids really would have to know <laughs> countries and territories in order or or uh, adults who's ever doing this. There's a couple of caveats here. And and that is the distances are displayed between the um the center of the territories. So like United States and Canada are going to be there's going to be a distance between them even though right. there's a a lot of border there. Yeah. So you, you know you kind of have to know that. But it's 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 something that is uh it's definitely social studies um related. Um and it might be something that you could do as an advisory activity even as you could make it. Oh, it'd be um, fun. Kind of like, you know, um you could either have groups in competition with each other or you could do it as a class and say, "Okay, what do you guys think?" and have them talk it through and have them talk through their thinking about it as well. Um, so it is, it, it is definitely inspired by Wordle, um, and it is available over at world.teutuf.fr. So, yeah, so over at, um, the, so, yes. It's French. French. Yeah. It's a little Teutonic. Mm -hmm. tough. So, um, something's a little fun. Um, <laughs> to 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 stay on that topic, um, and uh -huh. to go back to Wordle, you could do Wordle, but yeah. what if you did Wordle times four? Wordle times four. That would be a cross, up, down, left, right, center. That is is that like, you're talking about like in four dimensions? No, this is four boards at once and when you enter a word it goes into all four of them you have four different words to solve working okay. through the puzzle do i get six tries per word i think you actually get one um, set of six instead of six i think you actually get nine guesses yeah you get a couple oh. extra guesses but it's fun we're gonna it's multiply it by a factor of four yeah but i only get three additional I, I I was successful. Somebody's diabolical. Yeah. Well, I would expect you to be successful. You're a bright, intelligent, brilliant guy. My daughter may have helped me. <laughs> Who also has bright kids. <laughs> That's really the key here. I'm telling you right now, part of the secret of life is to have really smart kids. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it, it was, it, it's something that is, kind of dastardly and yet fun uh, it was uh, so it was it was just it was something that was fun and there's a couple of different of them it's called Quartal. Um I know there's a bunch of wordle things out there now but uh, this is another one where you can do this as a advisory kind of activity and have kids um, bring forth their best suggestion and explain why it is how it's going to impact the other squares, the other puzzles as well. So, um, let's see here. Do you guys have a lot of PD going on right now? That's ironic because uh, our previous administrator, superintendent administrator, um, was kind of doing us death by PD. Now, don't get me wrong. I like a good PD. However... <laughs> You know, there were some things we were getting where we were stopping and going, yep, okay. And then and then there's some that are like if you're if you're a new teacher in our district, right. you get P D, right? It's heavy. Right. If you're a veteran teacher, you don't get so much. So it's more about really the P D is a collaboration opportunity between other folks in your department and folks you're working with on developing curriculum. Whereas if you're a rookie, not only is it that, but it's also 
uh, here are all the initiatives that we started and you need to get caught up in all 10 or 12 of these initiatives. And that's well, a lot of it is the first two or three years for them. So PD, I want to call it P. So, so one of the things we did is um, as soon as the previous superintendent, uh, I want to say left because we know she's coming back as a consultant in what, 30 days or whatever it is from the time of her retirement. Um, she's already announced that she's going to do that. Um, uh, which by the way, you can't do, I guess, but no, nothing stopped her in the past. I don't see us stopping her now. Um, we immediately cut out a lot of it simply because it was getting in the way of what we were trying to do in our classrooms. And, uh, so I, you know, PD, yeah, there's definitely a place for it. Like, for example, I was so looking forward to Mamsey, Michigan Association mm -hmm. Middle School Educators, uh, PD, um, coming up in March. Uh, unfortunately, that got canceled. North Carolina has a PD opportunity coming up uh, in March as well. It's going to be both online and virtual, and I'm looking forward to that. I think I might go to that one. Um, there's a really cool PD. You're going to get me off on a PD train here, aren't you? This, you did this on purpose. Um, and then, you know what? Just for that, I'm going to talk about cakes more. Um uh, there's really cool PD happening in Mobile, Alabama, and it's going to be centered around the Battle of Mobile Bay and Battle of Mobile. And there's actually a site not far from Mobile from uh, a couple of Civil War soldiers that I've taken a personal interest in that I would love to go over and take a look at and just see things from where they were and their perspective and whatnot and um, get a better feel for things. So... Um, it also helped me put together a project. I got a, I got an idea. I got like a, a project idea for kids that I want to center this around. So anyway, um, PD, where were we? Oh, cake, cake, cake <laughs> is a wonderful thing. Matter of fact, when you're doing PD, there should be cake. But the links to Bumpy Cake and Tinginess are in the show notes. If you want them, head over to the show notes after the show here. And, um, a, those of you who like to cook, there's a recipe, bake, whatever. Um, and then those of you who are like me, where it's already made, and and, and I put in the link to Seppellini. Seppellini here and there. Katie Martin, <laughs> oh, and Katie Martin does PD, by the way. Um, but she has a post called, Do We Really Need PD?, um, and I think part of this is an understanding of what PD is. She says that she was talking to a good friend and former colleague, um, Ed Hidalego, um, who has transitioned into education from the world of business, and the district is making bold office. And he says, I brought some teachers to a lab recently where people were doing authentic work and they had a chance to ask questions and talk about the connections between their work and the skills and the subject matter that she was teaching her students. Wow, that's a long sentence. Um, mm -hmm. They learned so much from the experience, and they immediately went back and created a lesson for her students based on what they did. I didn't do any, cool. quote, PD, end quote, but these teachers mm -hmm. are changing the way they teach and sharing ideals of what's possible. Um, yep. And... Uh, <laughs> He says his focus is to shift practice from classrooms to impact learners and saw this happening as a result of the visit. So naturally he wondered, why do we need professional development when teachers learn through experience? Her reaction was, why isn't this considered professional development? He said, I didn't bring them in a room and tell them what to do. Hmm. Which is what we think as PD, right? So it's how do right. you find, define PD? Um, so we'll provide a link to that in, in the web, in, over at middleschoolmatters.com if you want to check that out. And you might want to use the slang of the week this week. Sling some slang? Over to middleschoolmatters.com. We hope that the slang of the week will be appropriate. What is the slang of the week? <laughs> 
Well, uh, slang of the week. The vocab of slang of the week word is purr. You know, and it goes along with the cats in the previous uh, yes, part of the show. Yeah. So you have a theme going on this week. I, I, I wish I could say I planned it too, um, <laughs> but, but I didn't. Purr. So slang of the week from uh, Axis, the uh, the culture translator. Purr is a comment used to signal delight or approval, most likely to be found under a friend or influencer's favorite TikTok post. For example, did you see that selfie my bestie posted yesterday? Purr. Purr. You, you could also say, did you listen to that latest edition of Middle School Matters? Oh, purr. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to finish this week with an oldie but a goodie. Um, okay. Because somebody handed me a literal binder of stuff last week. <laughs> and I made a face. Because... <laughs> Binder. So I shared the medieval help desk um, mm -hmm. link, which is an oldie but a goodie about the transition from scrolls to books. Um, I'm going to guess most people have seen it, but many people may have not. And it is, uh, a, again, it is a, it's an oldie and a goodie. Um, it has English subtitles in it, even though it's, that's wonderful English. <laughs> um, but it is two minutes and 45 seconds long, and it is one of my favorites. <laughs> um, and there are just several, so many little nuggets in there that, um, that I appreciate as well. If you're looking for some nuggets, you can head over to middleschoolmatters.com. You can get all the show notes. You can find out where to... Um, listen to the show. You can find out how to contact us. You can find out lots of good stuff. Um, and we really would appreciate it if you'd give us a five-star rating on any of all of the podcatchers that you use. And let us know why Sean is the world's greatest co-host, show host. And with that, this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care. Who care?